It's been a long, long time. It has. It has. Can you see the sweat in my forehead? We had a little bit of a, a technical failure, and so we had to get some new gear. Yes. So we that did. took a little while to get sorted out, and uh, but you did the legwork, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lost some, this sound some weight over it. <laughs> I almost took a hammer to it a couple times. I ended up down at Steve's a few times asking the boys for help. But that's always good. Steve's so, Music Store. Yes. If our levels or anything sound a little off, we are going to get it all sorted out. You know, I've been having trouble this winter as a pedestrian. Yes. Now, Everybody you're, has. You're a driver. I'm not. Yeah. I'm a I'm a nudger. You're, <laughs> I talked about this before. You're a nudger. I'm a nudger. I baby. hate nudgers. Uh, and I've been Walk faster. Tr- I've been having some trouble with uh, with cars lately, and I feel like there's a lot of like inattentive driving. There's a lot of like. Have you been splashed? I was splashed today, actually, <gasps> but it landed on my boots and not on my pants. But anyway. It's the same old thing about distractibility and people texting and driving and doing all the stuff that they're not supposed to do, which I personally find is a particular problem in Toronto. Yeah. Take a Everyone thinks they're so important and they've got somewhere to be and they've got to keep on top of their phones, da, da, da. But anyway, I found this um, really pretty interesting article at uh, The Economist, which I wanted to point to because I think like as we get more and more of this push towards smart cars and more of these devices in our hands, yeah. we have to think about like how are we going to make use of this cool stuff but still not be super distracted. And so they talk about a couple of options for keeping people slapped on the wrist. <laughs> Don't pay attention while you're driving. Yes. And they, but they have this sobering statistic, which is that of America's more than 35,000 annual oh. road deaths, Death, I Kathy. was shocked. A quarter are now linked to phone use. Yeah. It's way more. It's got to be way more than drinking and driving. I think they now say that that's distracted driving is more than yeah, impaired no, driving. It's yeah. Or a different type of impaired driving. To text and to drive is the most irresponsible thing a person can do. I did actually... I had something come through. I picked it up and I put it down immediately because there's no way that you can concentrate and text yeah. and drive, especially in Toronto. It's like you're taking other people's lives yeah. into your own irresponsible hands. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now that I've gotten fully on my high horse here. Uh, but they do have some interesting technologies. They talk about the possibility of using voice commands or other things that actually disable drivers' phones. So they talk about yeah. one called uh, DriveScribe. Which it basically sends out these auto replies that just say that the, I guess if the GPS determines the car is in motion, it sends out these auto replies that uh, you know Kathy can't come to the phone right now. Basically, yeah, um, <laughs> it does that. It does another thing that actually there's another one called Text Limit that actually makes it so that the, the touch screen on your phone doesn't work yep. for the length of time that you're in the car. So there are a lot of different ways of thinking about just how you can kind of control that compulsive phone use but, in the car. But, okay, what about the big brother aspect of that? You know, that was the only thing that I went, oh, that's a slippery slope to people's privacy and their right to do what they want yeah. in their own vehicle. And You know? The thing is that you're not, that, and this is the other side of it, is like if you're the kind of person who texts while you're driving, 
you're probably not going to get one of those things anyway. anyway. Although you could imagine it for use in, say, like employee automobiles or something. Well, you know, it'll probably end up being something like seatbelts. I would say that this is fair, that there is an, you get an absolutely hideous fine. Because, you know, they pull over if you're, if you're speeding. They pull your car over. Even if you have one bloody beer, and they'll take your car. Mm-hmm. It happened to a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. One beer. They took her car. She and a whole bunch of other women were left at the side of the road in the middle of the winter for one beer. Really? Really yeah. one beer, though? Really? Yeah. Wow. That's what she said. But the other thing that I think in the good news about um, smart cars is I've been reading this fantastic new book by Sandy Pentland, who's a guy at MIT, called Social Physics. And in mm-hmm. one part of the book, he's talking about you know getting smart cities and things like that as a result of having all of this the Internet of Things and network devices and so on. And he gives the example, which I had never thought of. Say you have these cars that are smart cars, and it can tell you, okay, like 70% of the people who've gone down this street in the last 20 minutes have suddenly hit their brakes. So suddenly you have this like live notification, hey, you better be careful because there's something going on here that you might not know about. That is Great. I read that because um, just last week I was driving and I saw, and it happened so fast, the brakes came on up ahead. All of a sudden there was just this sea of red, and this guy was coming up behind me, and there was nowhere for me to go. Whoa. And I could see he did not see. And I thought, oh, my God. And then he slammed on the brakes, and it was fishtail-arama. Whoa. <laughs> he swung off into the other lane. But if there was something like that, you wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah, 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 totally. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, now, I have something that's sort of car-related, too. It is. Did you take a look at it? I did. It's kind of like RoboCop. Mm-hmm. But it is, and actually, it's kind of a clever idea. It's in the Congo. It's um, over eight feet tall, and it kind of looks like Klaatu. From the day, day the earth is still? still, only it's kind of junky looking because it's, you know, it, it's cheap. They don't have a whole lot of money there. But they're actually, they're doing it for two reasons. One, to help with traffic flow. Two, they can't really afford a whole lot of police. And three, all the money that they can get for from parking tickets. So they've got this dude, this robocop, who stands there and he's sort of, you know, red, green, directs, and takes pictures of people who run lights. Like in a busy intersection. Yeah, yeah, or speeding, if they speed through it. But he doesn't chase you. (laughs) That technology is still a little ways down the road. He's not equipped to chase. (laughs) But I thought it was really clever. Yeah, I think our approach tends to be these sort of surreptitious like CCTV cameras or, um, you know, the things that take pictures of license plates or whatever. But if I were driving in Kinshasa, which is where they have it, and you see this, like, giant eight-foot-tall silver clatu yeah. looking at you, it's like, that's a pretty clear reminder of, like, you, know, you pay attention to the speed limits and the traffic lights. Yeah, especially if his arms start swinging around. Mm. <laughs> and gets down <laughs> off the big, the big soapbox and he's on and starts to chase you. But it must be pretty durable because I was surprised that that would be cheaper than actually having human police. Well, yeah, when you think about it, yeah, because it's one and he's there all the time. This, something just, I had this piece of paper in my back pocket. Something attacked her butt. suddenly kind of slipped all the way up until it was in the back of my sweater. <laughs> it's, 
tattoo. That's <laughs> He's going to give you a ticket. Now, this has all been... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's it. You have... Uh, this has all been very stressful. You've had, like, problems with the car. You've got a giant uh, robot looking at you as, you, uh, as you're driving around. So it's time to relax a little bit. I, this is what I found for you. Health beer. It's always kept me going. <laughs> it's it's called Lean Machine Ale. It's actually Canadian, and basically the of idea of what they're doing is it's supposed to be actually good for you. It has lots of antioxidants and electrolytes. Seventy-seven calories, seven grams of protein. There's the downside is zero point five percent alcohol. alcohol. So yeah, that's <laughs> the same thing as what you. I wonder it's like how the is yeah. beer kind of. I wonder if it's actually. It's. I guess it should be better than that. No, no, it has other, like, more electrolytes and things like that. But the idea is they're pushing it as something that's a good after-workout thing to have that's actually good for you. But the thing that made me think of it is on the weekend, I was snowshoeing, and it was, like, hardcore snowshoeing for, like, four and a half hours, and nothing tasted as good as the beer that I had after that. And don't you find it's, like, if you really work hard, a beer is, like, the most refreshing thing. I live for beer. <laughs> you know what it made me think? Well, but I bet there's something like actually post-workout recovery about beer in itself. There's always something about beer. <laughs> <laughs> Music and beer. Workout and beer. I thought you'd like that. I did. I did. I mean, actually, go take a look at the ad. It looks kind of neat. And then have some beer. Yeah, like Kathy. <laughs> Come to the blog for links to, to these stories, stories and more. more. The snipper. Dot net. Bye. Bye.